Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. We're live this time. This is not pre-recorded. This is actually live. So if you do me a favor, jump on. Give everybody a second to hop on here. I'm going to see if I can invite a couple people here. Hope you guys are doing wonderful today. Having a great day. Hopefully some of you guys are putting up your Christmas trees and you're doing it like normal people and you're not the psychopaths that put your Christmas tree up before it's even Halloween. It's actually December now and so, hey handsome, hey beautiful, that's my wife. It's actually December now so you can officially put your Christmas tree up and not be labeled a psychopath. I'd like to know... If you're hopping on, number one, tell me where you're from. Tell me where you're watching from. Number two, tell me, do you prefer real trees or fake trees? Real tree or fake tree? Put it in the comments. Do you guys put up real trees in your house or fake trees? You know, I think there's pros and cons, number one, uh, to both sides. Number one, a fake tree. I just cannot, you know, wrap my head around. And maybe that's just like where I'm at in my life. I cannot wrap my head around paying like $400, $300 for a stinking fake plastic Christmas tree, you know, that probably cost them 35 cents to make with the, with the, the material that they use. I can't wrap my head around buying something like that. And so, but the pros to using like a fake Christmas tree, I guess, is you don't have to, you know, sweep up needles all the time and you just pop it out. It looks really good, kind of looks you know, the fake little snow on it. Some of the cons to a real tree. So we just went and like chopped down a tree, did it lumberjack style, took Kimberly to a tree farm, cut it down. Carissa was putting lights on it and she found a nest inside the tree. And so hopefully it was just a bird's nest. But so there's pros and cons to both. Let's see. What are you guys? What are y'all saying here? Do you do real tree? Real tree, fake tree. If you guys will hop on, share the broadcast before I get going on this. Hit the share button. Help me out. Send it to somebody in Messenger. You can tag somebody in this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a second and go ahead and do that too. Look, I'm going to share this to my story. Let's hit share. Let's share this to my pages story, new beginnings. Okay. Let's share this to... And Messenger. Awesome. You know, this is going to be good today because um, I, this has actually been requested. I was in prayer yesterday and, you know, just really kind of with the Lord. And the, what I do is I sometimes ask God, you know, when I'm in prayer, Lord, what do you want me to teach about this week? Toller, Texas, decorating today. Okay, a Andy, you're not a psychopath. You're decorating at the appropriate time. You're not like those people that it's September and they're, you know, drinking hot cocoa while it's still 90 degrees outside getting ready for Christmas. Awesome. 
I would love a real tree, but my allergies won't allow it. You know what? You can cast send those allergies to hell in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I used to be the same way, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm not even like trying to be funny or just saying this. Like the Lord literally healed me. I was I was the worst when it came to allergies. I swear my dad hated me. He probably thought I was like the the most pathetic child in the entire world. He'd tell me to mow the grass. You know, I'd go out and catch pneumonia in the summertime from mowing the grass because I was so allergic to like everything. It just messed me up so bad. God's been awesome. Healed me, helped me, and he'll help you. You guys share the broadcast. This is going to be good. This is something that people have actually requested. Uh, it's pretty controversial, too. You know, d- d- depending on what you, where you grew up, what your background is, a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about today, which is speaking in tongues. And so I'm going to take this this week. I kind of went down a little rabbit hole here. I was saying that I was in prayer the other day, and I felt the Lord, you know, really lead me to talk about this this week and to teach on this a little bit, just because I feel like a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people are afraid of it. A lot of people have grown up kind of in a church that either A, you know, they do it, and they just do it because that's what they've always done, and they don't even really know why they do it. They're just like, well, that's what mama did. That's where a Pentecostal church, you know, we do front flips off the stage. They bring out the snakes. We talk in tongues. That's just what we do, you know, which is, I'm being extreme, obviously, but people just do things and they don't even know why they do it. Or two, people don't do things and they don't even know why they don't do it. They're just like, well, we don't do that. You know, a preacher once told me, if you pray in tongues, you know, you open yourself up to a demon. How do you know it ain't a demon talking through you? And people say crazy stuff like that. Uh, and it's really not even in the scripture at all what they're saying. And you ask them, well, okay, that's fine if you think that. But where are you getting that from? And they're just like, well, I don't, you know, it was old Billy Bob. He was the pastor, Pastor Billy Bob, down the road in the, in the backwoods. You know, down 2109, Pastor Billy Bob told me, when you pray in tongues, that's a demon praying through you. So I just never did it before. And so people, either A, they, they'll do something and never even understand why they do it. They just, well, that's just what we do. Or B, they won't do something and they'll uh, refrain from doing something in their life and strip themselves away from a, a major benefit that the Lord has for them simply because of lack of understanding. And that's what the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, it's for a lack of knowledge my people perish. There's a lot of people that do without a lot of things that the Lord wants to give you and do through you and do in you, not because uh, it's not God's will that you have these things, it's because you don't understand. It's for your lack of knowledge. You know, everything that, that you receive, according to Hebrews 11, you have to receive by faith. The Bible actually says you can't receive anything from the Lord without faith. What does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so, it basically... If you don't have understanding, if you've never heard, if you've never been taught, you're not going to have faith to receive or to experience or to receive that blessing, that promise that the Lord has entitled you to. And it's not because he doesn't want to give it to you. It's because you have to receive it by faith and you can't receive anything by faith if you're ignorant about that subject. And so this is going to be great today, speaking in tongues. I'm going to give y'all, you know, I'm no professor I'm no deep theologian, so I'm just going to try to give you a very basic understanding 
Very basic understanding of tongues, of speaking in tongues that will help you. Uh, and maybe kind of answer some of the questions. And if you have questions, feel free, pop them in the comments. This isn't going to be an incredibly long teaching today. But if you do have questions or thoughts, look, I want to say this. Unless you're trying to be a troll, you know, really, if it's genuine, there's no stupid questions. There's really no stupid questions. I would love to help you uh, and answer any questions if you guys put them in the comments. And so I'm going to try to answer some of these questions and show you some of the mindsets people have and counter it with the scriptures. And so today, speaking in tongues, we're going to be on this all week long, all week long. Again, I felt really led to teach on this, to talk about this. Uh, I just feel like the Lord is having me lay a foundation right now. I feel like that's what the Lord's told me to do. I spend time on these teachings, you know, kind of talking about things people don't talk about. Last week, I talked about church discipline. Uh, I did a series called 16 Reasons for Excommunication in the New Testament church and talked about what discipline looked like in the scriptures and, and really how believers and pastors and people in authority in the body of Christ and the church did things way different than how we do things. And I feel like the Lord's leading me to do that because people have kind of lost some of the fundamental things that New Testament Christianity was built on. So I want to help with that. If y'all will, if you're just hopping on, share the broadcast. This is going to be good. It's not going to be very long. But I want to help give you a basic understanding today. So I'm going to answer some things today. I'm going to go deeper into it uh, tomorrow. And then the, the final teaching will be on Friday. I'm going to spend all week talking about tongues. Helping you understand the gift of tongues. Helping you understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What the Bible says about these things. So, if you have your Bibles... I'm going to kind of just start reading over some scripture with you. I'm doing this off the cuff. So hopefully you got your Bible. You'll get into this with me as a Bible study. Turn to Mark 16, 17. We're going to start reading there. Mark 16, 17. Jesus said this. Look, Mark 16, 17. These miraculous signs, he said, uh, will accompany those who believe. Those who believe. If you have your Bible, I want you right now to highlight that, circle it, underline it, put a star by it, so that every time you read this, you see this jump out on the page where it sticks out to you. He said these signs, he's about to tell us what signs specifically, these signs will follow those who believe. Can you just grab a hold of that statement? Those who believe. So who is this for? This is for believers. Yes, so she's asking, is it okay for, uh, to not understand what you're saying? Yes, I'm, so she's talking about, she thinks speaking in tongues, one of the comments is she, she believes that it's a genuine thing, it's a real thing, but should, are you not supposed to know what you're saying? I'm going to cover that kind of more in depth tomorrow, on tomorrow's broadcast. I want to lay a few foundational keys today first. So back to the scripture, Mark 16, 17. These signs will follow those who believe. We're going to kind of debunk something right off the bat to set up this whole thing up. Jesus didn't say these signs will follow pastors. He didn't say these signs will follow Pentecostals, 
right? And that we were supposed to have these little denominations where some practice this thing, some don't believe in this, some don't believe in that. Literally, he said, this should be fruit. This should be exterior evidence. You will know a person is a believer because these things will follow those who believe. That means everything that we're about to read, these signs, pertain to every believer, whether you're a preacher and you're a believer, whether you're a doctor or you're a believer, whether you're a nurse and you're a believer, whether you're 12 years old and you're a believer, whether you're 80 years old and you're a believer, whether you're 20 years old and you're a believer, whether you're black, white, red, yellow, green, polka dotted, it doesn't matter. These signs are for the believer. So if you're a believer, go ahead and say, he's talking about me. I'm a believer. Okay, so let's continue on. He says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. He says this, they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. These signs will accompany those who believe. So right off the bat, Jesus said, speak in new languages. That's the thing we're going to emphasize right now. They will speak in new languages. He's talking about me. He's talking about you. And what Jesus was referring to, it doesn't matter what commentary you read. It doesn't matter uh, what Bible you study. When you study tongues... Uh, and you read the, cha- the, the, the verses and the passages that talk about tongues. We're about to flip to some of them. Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. They talk kind of in depth about the ability to speak in tongues. Every single one of those will have a reference back to Mark uh, 16, 17, that when Jesus said they will speak in new languages, that's what he was talking about, the gift of tongues, speaking in other tongues. So speaking in other tongues is not for just certain people. It's for everybody that calls themselves a believer. Can you say amen? Amen to that. Everyone, say everyone. Put it in the comments. Speaking in tongues is for everyone who is a believer. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. I want to show you something. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says this, on the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together. Look at this, all believers, not only the 12 apostles, there was 120 people that were believers, all believers. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. So automatically get that mindset out from your head just away from you where people begin to think because there's many good people that think speaking in tongues is genuine they they agree that it's real but they they are like well that's not for me that's not my gift we're going to really talk about what the scripture is saying because people will quote to you know quote things and they really don't understand what the bible's saying and so they'll say that's not for me you know maybe that's for them that's great, that's wonderful, that's beautiful that you do that, but that's not for me. Jesus said this would be a sign that follows all who believe. All who believe. Acts chapter 2, we see that literally modeled. On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone uh, present, everyone present. 
You know, there was people of all ages. There were women present. There were men present. There was the 12 present. Uh, there were people that were leaders. There were people that were just normal, everyday believers like many of us. Everyone present, it said, was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So everyone that was present, when they received, I want you to see this, when the, in the New Testament, when a believer received the, or is baptized in the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about that as well, they spoke in other tongues. When they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. It might, gonna, it might kind of be a, a good time to go ahead and talk about that. So let's look at this. First, let's flip to Matthew 3.11. Let's look at a couple things. Today I'm doing this more Bible study format, so hopefully you have your Bible with you. Matthew 3.11. This is what it says here. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy to even be a slave to carry his sandals. He, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So one of the promises that the Bible gives us about Christ is that when Christ comes, right, John the Baptist came and preached this message preparing the way for Jesus. He said, when Jesus comes, he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So think about that. The baptism, being baptized in the name of Jesus, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. What did that look like? What happened when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Jesus sets this up in Acts 1. I know I'm flipping around, but y'all stay with me. Acts chapter 1. Look at this. Acts 1 verse 4. This is after Jesus went to the cross and he was resurrected. He spent about 40 days on the earth teaching his disciples about the kingdom before he ascended back into heaven. And this was Acts 1 4. Once he was eating with them and he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that he promised. As I told you before, uh, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, he told them, do not leave Jerusalem. You need to stay, you need to wait, because you're going to receive the gift. What, what was the gift? You are going to receive the gift, which was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Being baptized in the name of Jesus, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's what sets the stage for Acts chapter 2. So they're waiting for the promise. They go in this upper room and they're just praying. All the believers were simply obeying what Jesus said, saying, Okay, Lord, we, you told us to wait and that you would baptize us with your spirit. And then that's what we pick up in Acts 2 where it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, waiting as Jesus instructed them to. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit spirit and began speaking in other language as the spirit gave them this ability so when when the promise was fulfilled and they were received the baptism of the holy ghost they spoke in other tongues i kind of want you to see this because this is important for you to understand speaking in tongues is for everyone in the bible 
And this is why, uh, this is why Pentecostals use this term, being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, because that's exactly what you see modeled in the scriptures. Every time that somebody was baptized in the Holy Ghost, they spoke in other tongues. So we saw that happen in Acts chapter 2. So I just showed you all these scriptures that set the stage. Jesus said this would be a sign that followed all believers. In Mark 16, 17, what does that tell you? That Jesus never pictured a believer without them being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus never pictured just a, a lukewarm, powerless believer. No, he said they would be casting out demons. They'd be speaking in new languages. That They would tread on serpents and scorpions. They would place their hands on the sick and the sick would recover. Where does a believer receive the power to do those things? They receive the power when they receive or when they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's another uh, good time to go into this point. I want to show you this as well. You know, I kind of want to explain what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. So a lot of people don't understand this. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to get to this point, it's not the same as just salvation. I'll actually prove that. Right now, I want to show you this. You can be saved and not be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you a scriptural example in a moment. You can be saved and not be baptized in the Holy Ghost. So here it poses the question then, what is being baptized in the Holy Ghost? What is that? What, is, what does that mean? What's the difference? When you're saved, Romans chapter 8 says this, that his spirit joins with your spirit to affirm that you are God's child. So when you're saved, your sins are forgiven. You're made a new creation. You're no longer the old person that's stained by sin, that's stained by the faults of this world. You're a brand new creation, and now you become a clean vessel in which the, the Spirit of God can dwell inside of you. You know, the Bible teaches us that, that, that God's Spirit doesn't live inside of a temple anymore. The Bible says we are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Why, why was it that God's Spirit couldn't live inside of man until Jesus went to the cross and then he was resurrected and he paid the price for sin. It's because literally men were imperfect beings. We were still stained. We were still, you know, literally the Bible says that light and darkness cannot have fellowship together. We were an imperfect vessel, an imperfect temple. So God had specific instructions. They had to build a specific temple, a specific way with a specific chamber called the Holy of Holies where the Spirit of God would dwell in. Well, when Jesus cleansed us from our sin, we became pure and we became holy. And it says His Spirit joins with our spirit. Now we are the temples of the Holy Ghost. His Spirit fills us and lives on the inside of us. Literally, our spirit, man, is joined with the Holy Spirit. And we become sons and daughters of the Lord. That's what happens when you're saved, okay? But being baptized in the Holy Ghost is something completely different. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not only when, you, when you're, you're, your inner spirit you know, is filled or, or is joined with his spirit. It's when you receive power, 
when the Holy Spirit is not only on the inside of you, but the, the picture here of baptism is being submerged. You know, when you're baptized in water, you think about it. You go completely under. You're completely submerged. It's not just water on the inside of you. You know, uh, receiving Christ and, and His Spirit joining with your spirit is like taking an empty glass and filling it full of water. Well, there's a glass that's full of water, right? On the inside of the glass is water. That's not being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is taking that glass and putting it in a fish tank where now there's water inside of it, there's water on it, there's water around it. And, and this is where you receive power. The anointing is what people call it as well. Other people call it the anointing. This is where God's tangible presence and tangible power is not only something that's joined with your spirit, but literally comes upon your, your being, comes upon you. I want to give you a couple of scriptural examples of this. So look at Luke chapter 4. So being baptized in the Holy Ghost is where you receive the power. Yes, you receive victory, you receive authority, you have all of these promises that you obtain when, when you receive salvation because you're born again and now you're seated in Christ. But the ability, the tangible power that comes upon your life is not just received at salvation. It is if it's coupled with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. Can you say upon me? Not just inside me, the Spirit comes upon me. Jesus said this in Luke 4. Jesus said, look what he says here. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can you say upon me? Literally, he said there is tangible power. It's like if you could see in the spiritual realm with spiritual eyes, it's like God took a bottle of oil and dumped it and that oil was his anointing power and it was literally on it wasn't just in it was upon him the spirit came upon him and it says he has anointed me what it what is what is it what happens when the spirit comes upon you you receive power from God he's anointed me to do what bring good news to the poor to proclaim that the captives will be released that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus said that God placed power on my life so that I can literally open blind eyes, that I can literally lay my hands on the sick and they recover, that I can speak to demons and demons uh, obey me to set captives free. Amen. Where did Jesus, when did Jesus, I want you to think about this, when did Jesus receive this power? Well, think, in Luke 4, he said, the Spirit has come upon me, and when the Spirit came upon me, now I receive the power to do these things. When did the Spirit come upon Jesus? When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. The Bible says that Jesus was baptized, and when he came out of the water, the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him in the form, like a dove is what the Bible says. So when the Spirit, when Jesus was baptized, it was, a, it was symbolic for us as well that we would be baptized and in, in the Spirit of God would come upon us. That's what it means to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That you're not just baptized in water, you're baptized in His Spirit. His Spirit comes upon you, right? And you shall receive power. Can you say power? 
That's exactly what Jesus told them in Acts 1.8. He told them, wait for the promise, as I read you a moment ago. You'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Skip down to verse 8. You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. Can you say it comes upon you? That's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. God's tangible power comes upon you. You're not just saved, right? You're not just a person that's going to heaven. You have literally received power from the Lord now to do, Mark 16, 17, to do the things Jesus did. To, to cast out demons, to speak in new languages, to tread on serpents and scorpions, to open blind eyes, to lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. I hope that you're tracking with me. So, this is what I'm getting at though. In every place, every circumstance we look at in the, in the scriptures, with one exception, and I might get into that, but when they received, when the Spirit of God came upon them in the New Testament and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. So speaking in tongues was, a, was an exterior, or you can say a physical manifestation of being baptized, of God's power, God's spirit, God's anointing coming upon your life. We just saw that in Acts 2. When the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were gathering in one place, and it was like tongues of fire that settled upon them and they begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them this ability right let's look over at acts 10 acts chapter 10 let's look at another example so now peter goes and preaches to the gentiles these are not Jewish people. These are, these are a people group that had not received the gospel. The gospel hadn't even been opened up to them. So this is the first time that the, the, the Gentile people, which basically means, you know, people that weren't Jewish people, the people of the nations. These were Greeks. These were Asian people. These were people from Africa. These were people that were not. Uh, Gentile literally means basically anybody that's not a Jew, Jewish person, a person that belongs to the uh, the children of Israel. And so Peter goes and preaches the gospel to the Gentiles. The first time that this happened in the Bible, uh, in, in the New Testament, this is Acts chapter 10. And look what happened. He begins to present Christ to them. In, in Acts 10 44, it says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all. Can you say upon? The Spirit of God came upon them came upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know that? For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So all these Jewish boys who had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, I want you to think about this. Gentile, this, this message was not for the Gentiles. The Jewish people at this time, they were very segregated. They were like, this is our God. This is our thing. This ain't your thing. You guys are a bunch of pagans. This is, you know, he's the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're not even a part of our covenant. Well, now Christ comes and he opens it up now to all people, all nations, all colors, all tribes. 
And so these Jewish people were like, oh man, you know, Peter's saying the Lord's telling me to leave the Jewish people and actually go share this message of the gospel with these Gentile guys. And his Jewish friends are sitting there like, dude, what are you talking about? I don't know if that's from God. Well, Peter preaches the message, and now all of a sudden they're blown away because they saw that the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit just like they, they did. How did they know that? Because they heard them speaking in other tongues. When you were baptized with the Holy Ghost in the Bible, you spoke with other tongues. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to give you a few thoughts after this. Answer some questions. Acts 19. So now Paul. Verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. On the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No. They said. We hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. So he finds these guys that, you know, they weren't pagans. They were, the Bible says they were actually believers. He says, did you receive the Holy Ghost? They're like, what are you talking about? We've never even heard that. Well, what was your experience? Well, we were baptized in water. The baptism of repentance, just like many of us. They've been baptized, water baptized. But he says... The baptism of Paul, I'm sorry, John's baptism calls for repentance from sin, Paul said. But John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at this. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. They spoke in other tongues and prophesied. I want you to get this. Write this down for number one. This is for all believers. This is for all believers. It didn't matter if it was man. It didn't matter if it was woman. It didn't matter if they were young or old. It didn't matter if they were leaders or preachers or they were just normal Christians. It didn't matter if they were Jews. It didn't matter if they were Gentiles. When somebody received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, they spoke in other tongues. That's where we get the term, you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence. How do we know that? The same way they knew it in the Bible, they spoke in other tongues. Amen. Amen. I want you to see this as well. So that kind of debunks the first question. This isn't for everybody. I just showed you scripture after scripture after scripture. This is a promise for all believers. If you're a believer, this is for you. Don't be afraid of this. You got to learn to... Cleanse yourself to retrain your mind from maybe false doctrine that you've been told your whole life that this wasn't for you, that this was only for the select few, or that this is scary and demonic and it's not for today. You know, nowhere in scripture are you going to find anything like that. Nowhere. What you are going to see is that this is a promise for all believers. God wants you to carry his power. God wants you. Jesus, the whole point of being uh, Christian. You know, the word Christian comes from this term meaning little Christ. You know, why did they get the name Christian in the Bible? In the book of Acts, people were actually given the name Christians, this group, the church, the group of believers, because they were literally little Christs. What did it mean by little Christs? They went around doing the things that Christ did. They were healing the sick. 
It was like Christ died, but his ministry didn't die. His ministry was carried out by all of these other people now that were going around doing the things that Jesus Christ did. Christ wants you to have his power. You can't do the things that Christ did if you don't have the power that Christ had. I'll say that again. You can't do the things that Christ did if you don't have the power that Christ had. How do you get the power that Christ had? You receive the power, Acts 1.8, when the Spirit comes upon you. What happens when the Spirit comes upon you? According to the Scriptures, you speak in other tongues when the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit comes upon you. Can you say amen? I want to say this. So some people have been told, you're going to hell. If you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. You're not saved. That's incorrect. That's not true. You can be saved and not baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can be saved and not baptized in the Holy Spirit. We just actually saw that. I'll read it to you quickly again. Acts 19. It says, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Can you say believers? These were believers, yet they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why hadn't they been baptized? Nobody told them about it. They had their faith in Christ, but nobody had told them about the Holy Spirit and communicated the things that I'm communicating with you right now. So Paul went on to tell them, that's great that you've been water baptized, in what they call John's baptism. That's what John the Baptist did. He baptized people in water. He said, but even John told about one who had come being Jesus, who would baptize you in the name of Jesus, baptize you in the Spirit. They said, hey, we want that. We'd love to receive that. At that moment that they heard that, Paul deemed them, you have been baptized by your faith. You're baptized in the name of Jesus. And when he laid his hands on them, they began to speak in other tongues. Amen. So it's for all believers. It's for all believers. And just because you don't speak in tongues doesn't mean that you're not saved. But what it does mean is that you don't carry God's power. You don't carry God's power. So many Christians, and I'll say this too, once you're a believer, you need the power that Jesus had. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in order to do what God's called you to do. Once you're saved, you need the power of the Holy Ghost in order to do what God has told you to do on the earth. Your calling is power, the power of the Holy Ghost is needed to carry out God's purpose and plan for your life on this earth. And so if you're not, if you don't speak in tongues, I'm just going to kind of, you know, trace this back. If you don't pray in tongues, I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'm saying that God's spirit, you haven't received this message by faith and God's spirit hasn't come upon you. You haven't received the power that Jesus promised that you should have as a believer. And it's not out of condemnation. It, and it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It just means, and I'm willing to bet, m many Christians that haven't received this really struggle in life. They really struggle to accomplish 
you know, what the Lord has called them to do. They struggle with things they don't have to struggle with because so many things come when you receive the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power to, it, it's literally the grace and the power to walk out your calling and purpose on the earth. It's the power to do the things that Jesus did. It's the power to live like Jesus lived. Amen. And when you receive that power, they spoke in other tongues. So, Here's the thing, because I want to pray for you. This is my last point. The question people will ask then is, how do I receive it? How do I receive it? I hear the message, John. I, I believe it. I think that you're right. I think you're correct. I think that you just proved it in the Bible. So how do I receive it then? I want you to hear this. Do not get glued to methods. Do not get glued to methods. If you look at Acts chapter 2, because people will tell you, well, John, I'm in my living room right now. I'm watching you on Facebook. Maybe you watch this back. You're driving in a car. Maybe you listen to this back on podcast a week after I do this teaching. And you're like, I, I'm not in a church service right now. So does that mean I have to wait for a month? Does that mean I have to wait for, you know, it's Monday till Sunday to receive prayer? John, maybe I live in a town where there's not even churches that practice this that I can go to and they'll lay their hands on me and, and pray for me to receive and be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, I don't even know where to start. Well, I'm going to tell you, don't get glued to methods. There was many different ways people received this in the Bible. I just gave you several examples. Acts chapter 2, they received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit while they were in prayer. Nobody laid hands on all 120 of them. They were simply in prayer together. In one place, they were praying, they were waiting, they were obeying what Christ told them to do, and the, the Spirit of God came upon them. In Acts chapter 10, they received it after hearing the message, after hearing the gospel. So again, Peter didn't even have to lay his hands on them. Peter didn't even have to give an altar call. He was simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and while listening to the gospel, uh, you know, it doesn't really go into depth about everything that Peter was saying, but there's so much in the gospel packed into the gospel message. He wasn't just telling them about the cross. I'm sure he was teaching them about the Spirit. He was probably telling them about what happened to them at Pentecost and how God's Spirit had been poured out on all flesh and God's Spirit had came upon them and how the blind can see and how the captive can be set free. And he was preaching this message that is all packed together in the gospel message. And it says, as he was saying these things, the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles that were listening. And they were filled, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. So in Acts 2, they were in prayer. In Acts 3, they, they heard the word and they were baptized in the, Holy, in the Holy Ghost. In Acts 19, Paul laid his hands on them. And it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. So there's three different methods. Prayer, listening to preaching, hands being laid on you. What I'm trying to say is it's not a specific method in, in which you receive. It's your faith. There's not a specific method because there was different ways that people received in the Bible. You're going to receive according to your faith. Amen. So what I want you to understand is you can receive right now. You don't have to think because I'm not at church. This is something I can't have today right now. 
Hold on, y'all. Let me fix this. You don't have to think because you're not at church. This isn't something that you can't receive right now. You can receive according to your faith. And I kind of want to help you understand this. A lot of people live in hope. And a lot of people confuse hope from faith. And they don't understand that hope and faith are not the same thing. You know, the Bible actually says, like, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, these three things shall remain forever, faith, hope, and love. So a lot of people confuse hope and faith. Well, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it says that we receive every promise. You know, that people destroyed armies that came against them. People had miracles that took place. All these people, these patriarchs through the scripture, were able to do all these things by faith. But we live in hope, and we never operate in Bible faith. What is Bible faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can you say not seen? Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, you can pray for anything, and if you believe you have received it, you shall have it. So what is faith? Faith is believing that you have something before you actually see it. A lot of people are just waiting, right? A lot of people are like, Okay, I, I, I'm waiting for my healing. I'm praying and I'm praying. And they say, I'm, I have faith that God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. That's not actually faith. You're hoping God's going to heal you. Faith lays hold today and says, actually, I believe that I have received my healing according to 1 Peter 2.24. And so, Father, I'm not hoping you're going to heal me. I've received my healing. And when you act and you go forward in action, as the book of James says, faith without action is actually not faith. You put action behind what you're claiming. You put action. It says it gives substance to the thing that you're hoping for. And it produces the results of Bible faith, the manifestation. You can, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you have received it, Mark eleven twenty four, you shall have it. I say all that to say this. We're talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to believe I have received it. When this man of God prays right now and says, in the name of Jesus, you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want you to believe you have received that. I don't want you to hope, okay, now something's supposed to happen, and you're sitting here just waiting for something to take place, waiting for something to change. That's hope. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what the Word says and by what we believe the Word says and what we claim from the Word, not by what we see. So I want you to claim this right now. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for every person listening and that has faith to receive this. Let their eyes be open. Let them understand this right now in the name of Jesus. I baptize them with the Holy Ghost. I want you to just say right now, I receive the Spirit. Of, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Confess that in faith. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In faith, say it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say, I am baptized in the name of Jesus. I am. I receive it. I am baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want you to confess that with your mouth. 
Now do what the Bible says and put action behind it. I want you to begin to speak in other tongues. Don't sit there and wait for God. You know, this is a manifestation of the Spirit. I'll put it to you simply like this, and I'm going to get into more of this tomorrow. People think when it comes to speaking in tongues that God's just going to possess you. And you're, he's going to start making your mouth move. He's going to start making your tongue work. You know, God, demons possess people. The Holy Spirit doesn't possess people. Demons possess people and make their body move and make them convulge and make them do things outside of their own will. God's Spirit cooperates with us. So I want you to not wait thinking in hope. Okay, I'm hoping something happens. Don't stand in hope waiting for the Holy Spirit to just begin to speak out of your mouth and somehow take hold of your mouth and your language and your tongue. And, and No, you act on God's word. I have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I have received God's Spirit. It's that easy. You lay hold of it by faith if you believe it and now begin to speak. Begin to speak in other tongues. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. People are receiving this. Just speak in other tongues. Rosatea sakora pate de de oro, pasande de de oro, tatea sateara patea rosoto. Just begin to speak right now. Rosate de yo cora patea da de roba de de oro, sacatea sate de de oro, pate de. You don't wait, you act, you act. Lord, I've received it. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now I'm moving forward. I'm coupling what my, I declare with action. I'm acting. I'm, I'm going to speak in other tongues right now. I'm going to speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father, for people receiving that right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Guys, if you prayed that and, and you received it and you claim that, you lay hold of that, I want you to message us in the comments and say, I received it. Just shoot an emoji hand up, say, I received it. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you for this word. I know this was a lot. This may be something people need to go back and listen to two or three times, but bless them, Father. Let their eyes be open. Let that veil be removed so that they see this word. They see this in your scripture and that your power would no longer be apart from them, but your power, the spirit would come upon them and they would learn how to walk forward in faith. They would learn how to use their faith in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you receive that, just say amen, amen. Guys, I love you. I love you. I want to give you an opportunity quickly before I hop off here and, and, and give you a, a good old Donald Trump outro, pray for our president. This is funny. All these people back in 2015, uh, you know, just claimed that he would never win and think that it was just a, a joke that he was running. And, you know, they said that he would never do it the first time. And look what happened. So I'm playing these because, number one, they're hilarious watching all these fools that totally ate their own words uh, the first time, that still are trying to come out now and talk and make predictions, and they expect people to literally buy into the junk that they're selling. And it's like, dude, do you not remember like how you came out and 
guaranteed Donald Trump would never be the president. And now you're doing it again, you know, already claiming Joe Biden as the president, vice president elect. Hopefully I don't get this video kicked off for saying this. Uh, it's just a joke. And I, I hope that it encourages you so that you don't give up and that you see this has already happened once. God's not done with this situation. And I ask you to join in us and pray for our president. But anyways, if you'd like to give, I'm going to put the ways to give to this ministry on the bottom of the screen here. I'm going to go ahead and throw it in the comments as well. I really love you guys. You know, I feel like I'm like, this is a really awkward time to go live. But I'm telling you, everything that I read tells you, ooh, tells you to go live around this time. Just statistically, this is the time to go live on Facebook uh, and YouTube. And so that's why I'm doing it at this time. I'm trying to reach as many people as I possibly can. I'm posting the link to give. I'm sorry, y'all, in the website. I'm totally not just like <laughs> reading text messages or something. Here we go. Sometimes people would think that I'm like a, I have like the IQ of like a 65 year old when it comes to technology sometimes. It's horrible. I've had to learn a lot, but thank God my youth pastor knows a lot about this stuff. I should know a lot more than I do. Anyways, if you'd like to give to this ministry, help us push the kingdom of God forward. Guys, I appreciate it so much. Uh, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, many of you have given to us, and I want to say thank you. Every little bit helps. Uh, not only does it help, but God sees God sees that. And according to his word, and we do everything according to his word. I'm not making you false promises. You know, Psalms 119 literally says that, that the Lord's word is established in heaven. That means that it's never going to change. That means God is, it, it, it's not changing. It's not moving. And the, the Bible also says that God stands with his word. There's several times you can read so many stories that people actually brought God into remembrance of his word. You know, when they were being pressed, Second Chronicles 20 is a story we've been reading a lot about in church. Uh, King Jehoshaphat, that he was being pressed by all these foreign armies. And he went to the Lord and brought the Lord in remembrance of his word and said, Lord, didn't you make a covenant with your people? Didn't you give us this land? Didn't you drive all these people out? And what did it cause? It caused the Lord to stand on his word and say, that's right. You enforced my word because my word is established in heaven. So it will be done. And you read the story. They had supernatural victory over their enemies. It was amazing. God stands with his word, and his word talks about when you give. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured back into your lap. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul said that God gives seed to the sower, bread to eat, that if you give from a heart of just being generous, being thankful, you know, not because somebody forced you or made you feel like you had to, but genuinely because you're thankful. You say, Lord, I'm thankful. I love you. I, I really love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for what you've, what you've placed in my hand. I'm going to take a portion of the surplus that you've given me, 
and help somebody else. Give to your kingdom. Push the message of the gospel forward. It says in 2 Corinthians 9 that he gives seed to the sower. And so that when you become a sower into the kingdom of heaven, when you begin to take care of the poor, when you begin to fund the gospel as people did in Luke 8, that there was women that literally came, that, that God appointed to Jesus' ministry that said that they provided for Jesus and his disciples out of their own resources. When you become a sower in that way, the Bible says that you will be increased and enriched in every way so that you can continue in your ministry of giving. Amen. And your ministry of giving. Giving really is a ministry, guys. It's, 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 it's you help. You know, pe- not everybody can necessarily preach and teach a, a, teach a message. Not everybody can travel to Spain, you know, because of what God's called you to do. But what you can do is partner with somebody who is doing that and help push them forward and help push their gift forward and help, you know, the thing that the Lord's placed on their life, help them. And you get to share in the reward of that. And the Lord honors that. And so I just want to pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you for them. We love them. We cherish them. Lord, and I pray right now, I I bring you in remembrance of your word. You see them. Father, you will honor your word. I ask for increase in their life, for promotion in their life, for you to open things up in their life that they would constantly go forward, never backwards. And I mean financially, that they would constantly in every season continue to increase and never decrease in Jesus' name because they become sowers and that you will increase them so that they can continue in this ministry of giving. Lord, I thank you for them. Bless them. I loose blessings right now. And we thank you, Father, for the blessing that has come in their way. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, guys, I love you so much. Hop on here tomorrow at 2.30 with me, and we're going to go into part two of Speaking in Tongues. I'm going to talk about it a little more in depth uh, and go into what's actually happening. Answer some more of these questions that you have. So hop on with me tomorrow at 2.30 and share the broadcast. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.